all still freaking out over this Lil Nas X bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yup. Why? Like, what is there left to say about it? Because satanic panic has never left us since the days of witches in Salem. (laughs) Satanic panic runs rampant in Marka. Because of the delicate sensibilities of white America. Honestly, yeah. White conservative Bible thumping America. Because between Lil Nas X Mm -hmm. and Call Me By My Name or Call Me By Your Name. Montero. Yes. Montero. Both work. And um, WAP, uh, we are not allowed to let women, people of color, or gay people have any ownness of who they are and their sexuality. Because white men are scurred and their submissive white women wives (laughs) are also scurred because they're told to be scurred as Ben Shapiro's wife was like, (laughs) no, pussies are totally supposed to be dry. Dry. Yep, that's why mine's dry, dry all the time, How honey. How dry do you want it? She makes it like a desert for him. He just cause co- dick just cosplays as Dune whenever he has sex with his wife. <laughs> fucking sandworms. He's just on He's the, the sandworm from Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even want to give him that much. Credit. Oh my god! Yes, that's to, not even uh, fair. To neither anyone. one of them comes. Ever. No. Ever. I mean, he must have... No, he does. But he comes on... Like, he just thinks about himself and his own sensibilities. But he does it before his wife can even get wet. So, like, both of them are like, well, it just must not get wet. I know. One time she got a little wet. He's like, what's wrong down there? She's like, oh, um, must be that time of the month. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it's clear. I'm a doctor. I know these things. (laughs) Sorry. No, sorry. Excuse me. I... Don't know how to edit out that sneeze, and I won't be able to. I'm very sorry, everyone. Guess what? We sneeze. Oh, yeah. It's. I think I have allergies now. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I don't like it. I'm also allergic to... Existence? <laughs> I'm, I'm allergic to Ben Shapiro. Yeah. I'm allergic to shitty conservative politicians that change policies for no good fucking reason. Yeah, like, in a world where there is so much wrong right now... As far as the economy and infrastructure. Lil Nas X and Cardi B singing about her wet pussy are the hills you're going to die on. Yeah. Sure. Fine. I guess. With politicians tweeting about like, oh, will someone think of the children? And then like poor people are just like, can can you guys think about maybe, I I don't know, like like living wages or universal health insurance no or you know no okay we'll worry about little nas's dick getting wet yeah sorry at least little nas x has the capacity to tear these people down on twitter and tiktok and everything so more power to little nas x but this is all related to what we're talking about today it really is because it's frustrating to see how this is all just cyclical it's, it's, and it's never, never ending. ended. Never ended. Because America is a Puritan conservative country that constantly tries to think of the children when really they're just upset that people that are not like themselves yes. have a little bit of freedom. Yeah. So that's what we're that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. We're gonna be talking about that good old parental advisory sticker. Bow, 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 bow. And Tipper Gore <laughs> and the PMRC. Oh, it's going to be a hot one. This is 
a Santana featuring Rob Thomas kind of episode. Ooh, welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> Your weekly podcast bringing us sweet treats from the world of music and... You know, with your hosts that are just so smooth. <laughs> I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And yes, we went on a rant and we're going to go on a lot of rants. It's a rant episode. It's a lot of rants. Because we're fucking over it. Can you just stop? Can we stop? Can we stop giving a fuck what musicians do? Yeah. But also, like, stop trying to act like rock or R&B or hip hop or anything has any kind of effect on young children because guaranteed... They have no idea what the fuck their favorite musicians are talking about. May I provide an example? <laughs> I have many examples of my own childhood. So but yes, please continue. This was funny because I just talked about it yesterday with Jeremy. And I said how I started singing uh, that song with Boricua Morena, uh-huh. Boricua Morena. And then I went on a whole thing about how I used to say Chiquita Banana because <laughs> I was like 12 and I thought that was fun. Right. But there's the whole, it's still not a playa by, uh, I believe it's a Big Pun and Joe, I think. And that makes sense. there's the line that says, walk up down, walk up in the downstairs, little brown hairs everywhere. You nasty big, I don't care. And I'm like. I don't know what that's about. And finally, one day, again, I'm like 12, 13, and my friend had to be like, it's about going down on a woman. Brown hairs everywhere. And I'm like, oh, Oh. pubes. Mm. (laughs) So, like, yeah, even, like, there's a good chance that nobody's really, like, the kids aren't even listening to the lyrics. They're just like, yo, this slaps. Yeah. I don't think any child says that. But also, like, (laughs) how many times when we were teenagers were we like, from the window to the wall to the so sweat drips down, down my balls. balls. Like, how many times did we just walk down the street yelling that? Yeah. We didn't really think about it. No. Because you're a kid. You don't think about what exactly they're talking about. Yeah. No. And, like, TLC had all those jams, like, you know, Creep and, like, right. Red Light Special. Right. And we didn't, I didn't realize what it was about. It's like, this is fucking song slaps. Right. We didn't give a shit. And if we had real questions about it, at least for my part, I could ask my mom and she would be like, oh, it's about this. Yeah. And I was be like, okay, and just go, go upon my merry way. And it doesn't fucking matter. I very specifically remember one instance when I was in the car with my mom. And I asked her what an X-rated movie meant. And I was mm. like, does that mean it just has a lot of violence in it? She was like, no, it usually means there's a lot of sex in it. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, <laughs> I'll figure out what sex is someday. <laughs> like, I didn't really care. Yeah, no, you don't care. Like, most kids are like, hearing a song about that doesn't isn't what makes you curious. It's when you get older, that hormone kicks in, and then your friends start doing it. And that's when you're like, oh, should I start doing this? Right. It's not until you're older and super, like, I don't know, peer pressured into things. But also, like, I, music did not influence me to do anything when no. I was a teenager. No. Other children influenced me to do other things. Yeah. Also, my parents did. So, like, I don't know. Maybe just stop blaming musicians. And also, like... And stop putting the responsibility of raising your children onto musicians, which is another thing we will fucking get into. Choices. Because, oh, we're already fucking ranting. It's yeah, ridiculous. we're already fran- we're franting. We're, fran- we're freaking ranting. We're franting. It, it doesn't help. We've been drinking. 
Yes. But, I mean, it's not even that much, but still. <laughs> uh, so, six degrees of beer, six degrees of beer, six degrees <laughs> of beer, six degrees of beer. What are we drinking tonight? Uh, <laughs> That was great. I hope you remember that. I, I won't. <laughs> It'll be different what? every it's time. Me. It's different every week, guys. So I am drinking this week from Common Roots Brewing Company, local hero. They are local heroes. Glens Falls. They're great. Yeah, actually, their brewery burned down a couple years ago, and they have come back, and it is awesome, because they are killing it right now. Yeah, they are. This week, I am drinking Tasteful Deception. It is an American wild ale brewed with cranberries and pomegranates. I like to see some wild ales up in here because they are like sour adjacent, but still taste kind of like, uh, like Berliner Weisse. Yes. Which I like. I love this. You're right. is just like a sour with just it's got heft to it. Yeah, it's, it's got something. It's got balls I can just grab onto and like roll around like those jangly stress balls. And yeah. like the guy's like, "Ow, ow, please stop doing that. Balls don't move that way." <laughs> this is making more stress for me, but it makes me feel really good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I am also drinking Original Sin Cider, a dry rosé, which may have been a mistake, Choices. but I, but I still. I still like original sin. At least it's dry as fuck. That's you, all I care about. You know what? You're right. I, it's it's not for me. It's still too rosé, but it is quite dry, and that saves it. Right. So I, I not quite. It's somewhere in the middle between rosé all day and rosé no way. <laughs> it's rosé. Okay. <laughs> rosé maybe. All right. Sounds good. Rosé okay. <laughs> And on that note, before we go on another fucking tangent, yes. we should probably start this because this is going to be a fucking episode. Yeah, buckle the fuck up. I'm just going to try to keep my mouth shut so you can get facts out. Oh, no. However, it's, it's not going to happen. However, if you're not here for that and like <laughs> you, you can't hear me interrupting her all the time, then you need to turn around now, my stop. friend. Just stop. Just stop. This is this is a peak rock candy rant episode. Mm. Gold stars. Mm -hmm. It is. So first, I'm going to cite my sources. First up is a book called Parental Advisory, Music Censorship in America by Eric D. Newsom, which is the only book I found on Amazon that, you know, addressed this directly. Interesting. Um, Also, Raising PG Kids in an X-Rated Society by Tipper Gore herself. Oh. Which is just a bullshit publication. Was this from the 80s? Yeah, it was written in 1987. I would like to think, I mean, I guess this can be an afterthought, but that Tipper might have cooled her tits a bit. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) maybe. Maybe. Rosé okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one is the actual recordings from the PMRC Senate hearing, Mm -hmm. which you can find on YouTube, and we will play a little bit of those later. Little clippy clips in the episode later. Since its inception, rock and roll has been maligned as the devil's music, Mm -hmm. the gateway drug to blood sacrifice and sexual acts that sound fun, but let's be honest, I can't bend that way anymore. (laughs) No. Like, God, do you know how old I am? Yeah, seriously. Never has this been more prevalent as it was in the 1980s when a full-on satanic panic gripped the country. 
Rock and roll was not just deemed blasphemous. Parents around the country insisted it was altering the minds of teens and sending them into murderous frenzies and suicidal spirals. We've talked about these. Many times. Oh, man. Even though there was zero evidence of music corrupting teen minds, parents were still overly concerned that the genre was corrupting America's youth. But aside from a few conservative groups screaming about it and a handful of backmasking and subliminal message court cases, not much was really done to censor music. Mm. That is, until the Parent Teacher Association got involved. It's always the fucking PTA, man. It's Harper Valley PTA hypocrites. <laughs> they picked up this issue because some dude named Rick Allen in Cincinnati, Ohio, didn't do his very easy homework and bought his children Prince's 1999 album. But without doing any research or even reading the lyric sheet that came with the record, they listened to the song Let's Pretend We're Married and proceeded to lose their fucking minds. <laughs> Lyrics where Prince repeatedly says, I want to fuck you. And then, look here, Marsha, I'm not saying this just to be nasty. I sincerely want to fuck the taste out of your mouth. Can you relate? <laughs> We're not exactly what the Allens wanted their children to hear. I mean, that's fair. I get that, but like, <laughs> Prince... Clearly wasn't making an album for for kids. He was no. he directly addressed Marsha. I don't know who Marsha <laughs> is, but like clearly this song's for her. And she clearly lost her sense of taste soon after. <laughs> and she clearly was not a child. So like maybe it wasn't for their little ears to hear. Yeah, I don't know. And that's when you just say, "Oops, I goofed." <laughs> Oops. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me take this as like a hit on my parenting and yeah. just try and fix it. But no. They took it to their local PTA, who organized with 19 other local PTA chapters to take the issue all the way to their national convention in Las Vegas. All right. Of all places. Now, hi. This is a lot. I'm already yeah, interrupting it's, you. It's, oh, it's it's not going to stop. I It's not going to stop. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, <laughs> I understand I'm not a parent. Uh-huh. But where in your brain are you like, <laughs> I'm really upset about lyrics on an album that I bought for my kids. I should bring this to my PTA. <laughs> I guess... in the At least in the maybe 60s, 70s, 80s, the PTA was like pinnacle of family values and they viewed this as a family values kind of issue i don't know and then corn started the family values tour and the ptas were like i guess we're no longer the home of family values uh, <laughs> sorry but yes get out so they go to las vegas <laughs> las vegas to talk about what's gonna be best for the children and not just like now Vegas, 1980s Vegas. You were getting Hepsi. You, you didn't even have to step off the plane <laughs> to get Hepsi. <laughs> Here in June 1984, the National PTA organization sent a resolution to record companies imploring them to put labels on album covers that rated the levels of profanity, sex, violence, and vulgarity. Record companies completely ignored it. They're like, that's cute. Thanks, yeah. bye. Thanks for the letter. <laughs> the only company that replied was Warner Brothers, who said, The function of rock and roll is to annoy parents. This just proves that nothing changes. You know what? For what it's worth, this is the only time. Yeah. 
I'm like, yeah, I get you, Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's it. Years later, you're going to make these DC movies, and they're going to be terrible. But <laughs> other than that... But you know what? Right now, in 1984, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Later that year, the RIAA, which is the Recording Industry, Industry uh, Association of America... <laughs> Said exactly, Too many letters. said exactly like that uh, Association of America. <laughs> they responded to the resolution, saying they find it, quote, a dangerous kind of precedent. By 1985, America was no stranger to moral outrages, which unsurprisingly crop up when the economy isn't doing so great. This is the middle of the Reagan era, when trickle-down economics were so totally going to work, you guys. You guys, they, we got this. But they <laughs> didn't. And there was a historically high unemployment rate, low wages, and two, count them, two, 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 two economic recessions that rivaled the Great Depression. Reagan was a really good president, guys. He was so worship-worthy. Yeah. I'm really <laughs> glad, like, all of these fucking idiots still worship Reagan. Yeah. Trickle down economics are they're just wait, they're gonna work. They're gonna work. I mean, it's been forty years, but I'm I'm holding out, guys. I'm just keep holding out the faith. I'm keeping the faith, man. It's gonna happen. Yeah. So we needed a distraction, and the PTA was ready for a moral outrage. Oh. Enter Mary Elizabeth Tipper Gore. In 1985, she was just a regular mom taking care of her four kids in Tennessee. Oh, and her husband just happens to be the Democratic State Senator Al Gore. Mm-hmm. One day in May 1985, Tipper gifted her young daughter, Karenna, with an album that she really, really wanted. Yeah. Once again, it's a Prince album. Because everyone wants to listen to Prince, because Prince is great. Because Purple Rain is a fucking great album. Perfect album perfect yeah front to back yeah everything was fine until they got to the album's fifth track darling nikki great great song and i'm sure we all know the lyrics but in case you don't a new girl named nikki i guess you could say she was a sex fiend I met her at a hotel lobby, masturbating with the magazine. magazine. She said, how'd you like to waste some time? And I could not resist when, when I saw little Nikki grind. grind. Ow, Nikki! It's a fucking kick-ass song. Nikki! <laughs> wow! Nikki! Yes, that's a really good song. And we just ruined it. I think we did a great job. I mean, I don't know half the lyrics. I just remember masturbating with a magazine. That's all you need to remember. And I thought it was masturbating to a magazine. Clearly. What? Well, wait a minute. I'm sure you're right. The lyrics probably, I think the lyrics are masturbating with a magazine. But But that doesn't really work grammatically because saying masturbating with a magazine makes it sound like you rolled up the magazine (laughs) and start shoving it up your vagina. I never thought that. I always thought she was just looking at it. Right. Masturbating to a magazine would be her looking at the magazine and touching herself, which is what I think he wants to convey. Right. I don't think we need to argue with Prince's semantics right now. (laughs) I know this is not the right thing to be arguing. I'm just throwing (laughs) it out there. It's a nice respite from the bullshit that we're going to be arguing about. Still a great song. Either way, Tipper was aghast. (gasps) My pearls. My pearls. They are clutched. She figured, if song lyrics have such graphic content, then what could potentially be in music videos? 
stop in the music videos. So she watched some, including Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. Okay. Looks That Kill by Motley Crue. Okay. Photograph by Def Leppard. And Rock You Like a Hurricane by Scorpions. And all of them horrified her. I'm sorry. How? How? You know what? I'll give you Van Halen. I will give you Hot for Teacher because it is, and I'm literally saying this in my next paragraph in my notes, that Hot for Teacher is probably the worst out of them because they just parade women around in bikinis. Yeah. And I, and I, but that's more of a feminist thing. Right. I'm not offended by the sight of anything. Right. I'm more or less just like, and but knowing what we to? know about Van Halen. Right. It's like, do you need to? But I'm still, it's so stupid that she gets upset about the fact that there are women in bikinis, not the fact that they are men parading them around in a sexualized way. Oh, see, she's not upset about that. I assume so, but like every once in a while, the PMRC is like, yeah, but this is sexist. (laughs) And it's like, but they don't focus on that. They focus solely on the fact that there are sexual images, period. Oh, see, I was like, oh, if she's upset about the sexism, I agree. But if that's not Not what she's upset about. Really? Not Tipper anyway. You know, I hate to admit it, but Motley Crue, God, they're pretty. They were so pretty. They were so pretty in the 80s. That fucking video is so ridiculous. And honestly, I would even say that the video for, um, what is it? Looks Like Kill kill. is almost kind of feminist. Yes. Because there is a female main character that, like, basically battles Motley Crue. Which is amazing. And, like, frees all of the captive women that are in this Mm -hmm. video so i think it was actually kind of nice that they like had this strong female warrior character in there that was like nah fuck you tommy lee and i do not understand how rocky like a hurricane could offend her unless she's like i'm sorry in what world does the lead singer of (laughs) of scorpions Scorpions (laughs) think he's going to get laid by this woman yeah yeah to have an ounce of the confidence of the lead singer of the Scorpions. Seriously, with a haircut like that. <laughs> oh, my God. With thinning hair such as his to have I that did, much balls. I did feel like as you sent me those videos, because you sent them to me in that yeah. order, I felt like you were just setting me up for more and more <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. I was, yeah, I did. Really, mm. honestly. Because I agree. Hot for teacher, sexist, and it's gross. But it's, it's also kind of, of funny. Jam. It's, it's kind, kind of, of a jam. funny jam. And it's also a funny video. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> but also photograph, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. No. It's 90% a performance video with zero women in it. Yeah. And like when women are in it, it's just a woman impersonating Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. So I don't really understand what she was so mad about. Tipper, why are you so mad, girl? I don't know. Tipper got in touch with her friend Susan Baker wife of Secretary of the Treasury, James Baker. Susan was already involved in the PTA's anti-explicit content crusade since the early 80s, but nothing had really gotten off the ground. She got involved in the same way Tipper did. However, it wasn't any Prince song that pissed her off. It was Like a Virgin by Madonna. Yeah, I'm sure. S- <laughs> sure, I guess. All right. <laughs> At this point, why, why not? not? Um, okay, I- <laughs> Rosé. <laughs> she... <laughs> So she there's videos of her talking about how she became offended by Like a Virgin. And it was because her 10-year-old daughter, like, heard the song and asked her what a virgin was. And I'm like, 
Instead of getting pissed off at Madonna for daring to say the word virgin in a song, how about you take this opportunity to explain what a virgin is to your 10-year-old daughter who is, I think, old enough to know what a virgin is? Yeah, honestly, she's going to ask sooner or later. Especially if you're a conservative Christian and you talk about the Bible, they reference virgins all the time. Yeah, but that means they would actually have to go to church and like do their due diligence as Christians. They just take the fun parts that they want, like the hating the gays and yeah. being obs- obs- just offended by everything. Okay, Susan. <laughs> okay, Susan. <laughs> With the help of friends Pam Hauer and Sally Nevius, these Washington wives formed the Parents Music Resource Center, or the PMRC, and became the biggest thorn in the music industry's side until Napster would take that title from them. <laughs> and really, the only person pissed at Napster was Lars. <laughs> was and Lars. it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Tipper, uh-huh. Susan, mm-hmm. Pam, Pam, and mm-hmm. Sally. Yeah. This is a real who's who's of fucking moms, yeah. isn't it? They were literally called <laughs> the Washington Wives because they were all married to some politician or another. I fucking hate this. Yeah, the PMRC's main people was like a group of 10 women who were all basically lobbyists and their husbands were politicians. Man, I would love to see a group of Washington wives give this much of a shit about, oh, I don't know, the children in cages, you know, at the borders or like or health the, insurance or canceling student loan debt. That'd be cool. thousands of black men and women who are killed by police every year. Nah, you know what? Will someone think of the children? Will someone think of the children, though? Mm. Are you saying you don't care about children? Is that why you're not going to join Q? <laughs> that is not for this podcast. That is don't. that is a tangent we cannot nope. go down. Nope. Anyway, please continue with the PMR <laughs> go fuck themselves. <laughs> PMR fuck yourselves. Mm-hmm. After combing through their Christmas card lists, they gathered about 2,000 names and invited them to their first official meeting. However, only about 350 people attended. Yo, 2,000 between four people for Christmas cards? Can you imagine? Too many people. I don't even send out a singular Christmas card. Because you know what? Don't celebrate Christmas. I don't either, but I like sending out a stupid holiday card. Yeah. That's fun. That's fine. The meeting was held at appropriately a church because you know separate church and state i mean at least they're on brand yeah (laughs) a musician slash minister named jeff ling was their guest of honor and he presented a slideshow about the horrors of rock music and its influence on the youths after this meeting the pmrc received five thousand dollars from mike love of the beach boys as a startup grant as well as free office space donated by the Adolf Kors Foundation, which, you guessed it, is indeed a nonprofit organization started by the Coors Brewing family that donates to Christian-based causes. Adolf? First of all, Adolf. Second of all, Coors Brewing Company? Beer. 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 Literal alcohol, which is the exact shit that you're railing against. What is wrong with If beer gives them money, they have to leave beer alone. But it's beer that is Christian oriented, so it's okay. I can't believe Coors Light is a Christian oriented beer. It's baptized beer. Ooh. 
It's holy beer. So all those shotguns I do with Coors Light, it's fine. <laughs> it's because fine it's basically because holy water. It's filling you with the Holy Spirit. All right. Well, I'm going to keep doing those then. It's righteous alcoholism. They're going to be like, we're going to send you to hell, but you've done a lot of waterfalls with Coors Light, <laughs> so we're just going to let you right in. Yeah, you were that, filled with the Holy that Spirit. That wizard staff you had with all the Coors cans, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to let you in. Come on in. You got a, you got a seat, bro. <laughs> You gotta see, brah. Drink some Jesus beer. <laughs> so remember earlier, I was saying that up until now, no one was really paying attention to these groups yelling about censorship. Yeah, it was well, the, great. Mm, yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, the reason people actually paid attention to the PMRC was because they sent another letter to the RIAA, and it was signed by four legislators that were on committees that we're about to hear arguments on the Home Audio Recording Act. Yes. This act would curb home taping, which the record industry felt was a big problem at the time and felt that they weren't getting the royalties they should from it. So to counteract that, a tax would be put on blank tapes. I do remember this. It's such bullshit. It's the dumbest shit. It might actually be. No, it is actually dumber than Napster. It is dumber than Napster because everyone was like, oh, but like if people are recording stuff off of the radio, then, you know, record companies aren't getting paid for that. It's like, who gives a flying fuck about the record companies right now? And not only that, but do you think like I had a high quality tape filled with songs that I recorded off the radio? Sometimes you miss the first 30 seconds. Sometimes they talk through the last 30 seconds. Yeah, or sometimes they talk into like right before the the artist starts singing and you're like fuck this isn't the one i wanted but you have no choice you because have no you, choice like unless you're like me and one summer i live next to the radio it's fine i didn't yeah. need friends then you just end up finally getting the best takes of everything but also if i like back then if i liked that one song and i recorded it off the radio the next time I saved up enough money for my allowance, I was going to go buy that album. Yeah, I don't think they realized the only people really recording off the radio were like probably people underneath a professional age. Like it's not going to be like 12 year olds. Yeah, it's not going to be a 27, 29 year old professional who has a good job, can afford to buy a CD player and right. the CDs or the tapes. It's going to be kids like us who are like, I can't afford this shit. I get an allowance of like $5 a week if I'm fucking lucky and a CD was at least 10 bucks back then. Oh, it was like 15 to 17. Oh, that's right. They were stupid fucking expensive when we were kids. Yep. So yeah. That's why the Columbia House 10 for a penny deal was so intriguing. You're on a list somewhere. (laughs) Somewhere. (laughs) God willing. So influential names were attached to the letter, but the PMRC was also getting lots of media attention. More than 150 publications wrote about the PMRC and its representatives were appearing on daytime talk shows Mm -hmm. armed with the infamous Filthy 15 list. (laughs) Which is such a silly fucking name. I love it. The Filthy 15. The Filthy 15 was a list of 15 artists and songs that the PMRC deemed hugely offensive. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. It's great. I'm going to read you the whole list. I can't wait. I can't wait, guys. Just wait. It's so good. (laughs) This list gave each song a rating. X meant explicit or suggestive sexual content. (gasps) Oh. DA meant drug and alcohol use. Oh. Unless it's coarse like, oh. No. V was for violence. Oh my stars. (gasps) 
and O was for references to the occult. <gasps> Satan. <laughs> so here is the filthy 15 list in full. Mm. Judas Priest, Eat Me Alive. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Motley Crue, Bastard. Meh. Eh. Fine. Prince, Darling Nikki. Hell yeah. Yeah. Great song. Sheena Easton, Sugar Walls. Oh yes. my God. I love that Sheena Easton is on I know. this fucking list. Also, it's a song written by Prince. So technically, Prince is on here twice. Good job, Prince. Wasp, Animal, F-U-C-K like a beast. Which- <laughs> Merciful Fate into the Coven. Fuck yes. I don't know that one. It's like Merciful Fate was the band that King Diamond was in. Yes. Okay. I do know that one. Vanity. Strap on Robbie Baby. I don't even know that song, but okay. I don't either, but I guess. You say strap on. I'm interested. Def Leppard. High and Dry. Sure. Of all of like the 70s and 80s quote-unquote hair bands that came about Death Leopard is so tame they really are they They, seem like nice boys that just like to sing hair metal right yeah whatever their drummer is missing an arm be nice to them (laughs) Twisted Sisters we're not gonna take it which we're gonna talk about later and wow were they wrong about this yeah so crazy Madonna's Dress You Up oh I like that song. It's such a cute song. It's and so it's like cute. it's not even that for a Madonna song, nowhere near as as suggestive as her other stuff. Yeah. You could be yeah. Uh Cindy Lauper, Shebop. I an- mean another great ditty about masturbation. Yeah. I should make a masturbation playlist. Oh, you should. All right. You could get a hefty amount of songs on there. There's a lot of songs about masturbating. Yeah. ACDC's Let Me Put My Love Into You. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> sure, but also ACDC. You're right. You can leave your love with yourself, yeah. sir. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Don't want it. I don't really Just, want it. Thank that's you. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> uh, Black Sabbath, Trashed, which is a song about one of the band members taking the other band member's car when he was shit-faced and crashing it, <laughs> and how love. that person was really pissed. <laughs> Which, okay, sure, but, like, I can't remember which one of them wrote it, but one of them wrote it, and he was like, yeah, no, it's like, I was really pissed off that he took my car and crashed it, and that's what the song's about. So it wasn't, it literally wasn't even glorifying anything. It was reprimanding it. It was reprimanding this guy for drunk driving. fucking love it. Uh, Mary Jane Girls in My House, which is a video I sent to you. Yes, and I don't understand why that offended them, but sure. I mean, we can talk about that video in another episode. It is it deserves a whole discussion it does. of itself. And of course, Venom possessed. Yes. Oh yeah. The resident fake Satanists of the new wave of British heavy metal. Mm. I like them. I do too. They're great, but they're also fake Satanists. Oh, they're very <laughs> fake fakeanists. But I'm fine with it. The Filthy 15 was just the first step in calling out musicians they deemed inappropriate. Oh my god. As time went on, they pointed more and more fingers at more and more songs and artists, all in in order to drum up more attention to their cause. But they even called out Dead Kennedys for their song Nazi, Nazi Punks Fuck Off. Yeah. Because apparently they can't read and thought the song glorified Nazis. Like, what part of Nazi Punks Fuck Off makes you think, yeah, they're into Nazis? I... I fucking 
I hate everything right now. They do this so many times. It's ridiculous. Well, they said an F-bomb, so now we have to get mad. <laughs> they reference Nazis, so clearly they are they are Nazis. But Adolf Kors can give me money. <laughs> Even though his name's Adolf. The media blitz strategy worked. They stirred up so much attention and publicity that people had to pay attention. And they thoroughly convinced parents that there, there was a growing trend of explicit sex, violence, drug abuse, and occultism running rampant among teens. That's exactly who they were most concerned about. Suburban white teens. Oh, yeah. The ones who were listening primarily to pop R&B and rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Not once did they suggest that art, paintings, and sculptures should be censored. Not once did they say that country music or opera should be censored. Two genres that are notoriously violent and sexist. Yes. Right? They don't swear, but man, is there a lot of death, a and lot of guns. alcoholism and drugs and cheating and yeah. yeah. And and lots of guns in country music. Mm-hmm. And also Hank Williams was a raging alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Like this is th- probably the guy that they would uphold as the epitome of family <laughs> values. Ugh. Even Hank Williams is like, please don't uphold me. I know. No. I am a fucking mess. <laughs> like, I am not no. someone anyone should look at. Absolutely not. If Hank Williams was anything, he was self-aware. Yeah, he knew he was a raging alcoholic and a terrible person. Yeah. So, so credit where credit's due. <laughs> no, they had a very specific six-step plan that would combat the corruption of these precious teenagers. They wanted lyrics printed on album covers, explicit covers kept under the counter, even though Playboy and Hustler, though censored, are even kept in the same magazine racks as Seventeen and Teen Beat, but whatever. Yep. It's fine. They wanted a rating system for records, and contracts of explicit content performers like Prince and those on the Filthy 15 list to be reassessed, whatever the fuck that means. And they wanted another organization that would basically be watchdogs and put pressure on broadcasters like MTV to not air questionable content. They basically sound like they want to take over the music industry. Yes. They want to severely restrict anything that they deem offensive and at this point like you are too big government right now and you know what republicans shouldn't like it but you know what republicans probably did like it but you know what's hilarious it's head by all de- tipper democrats, and right? al are fucking democrats yeah i don't know about the other women but yeah a lot of the other women on uh the pmrc and also people on the committee that oversaw the um senate hearings over this were republic were, were republican Interesting. Right? I mean, I don't know, Al. Maybe if uh, your wife just, I don't know, found a different hobby, maybe you could have been president in 2000. I don't know. Just saying. Maybe if you sexually satisfied her, she would be okay and not, (laughs) like, do this? I don't know. I mean, let's be honest. I think a lot of times when you're like, no, I don't like this sex stuff, it's because you're not getting laid. Yeah. I don't even, you know what? Hey, Al. Let's have a conversation about your dick. Yeah. Huh? Maybe uh, maybe you need to do a little Ben Shapiro sandworm up in there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Go Ew. visit Arrakis. Hey. No. No. <laughs> uh. Okay, let's keep going, please. 
The PMRC constantly insisted that they just wanted parents to determine what was okay for their children to be exposed to. Hilarious, right? Fucking just do your own fucking research. If you're that, if you're going to be that uptight about what your fucking kids listen to, then you fucking listen to the record first. Right. That's fine. Right. If a parent wants to listen to a record first and say, you can't listen to this, I just don't think you're ready. That's on you. Yeah. You cannot make that decision for everybody in the fucking country. Right. And you can't ruin someone's livelihood over it. Right. And we will definitely pick up that point later on. I'm just angry. (laughs) But yeah, all of these demands were so overreaching, it's absurd. And they released these demands and turned around and said, if our demands aren't met, we will find legal ways to get it done any way we have to. Jesus. They would say they didn't want to censor anyone and in the same breath say they wanted explicit content kicked out of stores. And kicked out of stores, they were. Walmart started feeling the pressure from the PMRC, and some stores across the U.S. pulled rock-oriented music magazines from their shelves and stopped selling controversial rock albums. Eventually, in 1993, Walmart adopted a policy where they refused to carry objectionable, objectionable materials in their stores. Right. Unless you made a whole nother album that was censored. Mm. We'll get to that later. Ooh. Of course, with all of the publicity the PMRC and their mission were getting, musicians were going to speak out. Classic pop stars like Smokey Robinson, Pat Boone, and Mike Love showed their support, but one of the first outspoken critics of the PMRC was Sir Quirk himself, Frank Zappa. Of course. He made a good point when he said that the RIAA has financial interest in the legislation that could come out of this. That home audio recording act that would put the kibosh on home recording, Mm -hmm. that legislation was headed up by hypocritical racist dirtbag Senator Strom Thurmond. Rad. And his wife was part of the PMRC. So if all this legislation can go through, the RIAA would make a bunch of money. Wow. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. The government should not have any fucking hands in art. Get the fuck out of here. In a person's self-expression? Absolutely not. Get the fuck out of here. Yes. God, I hate them. They also don't have the right to determine what is okay and not okay for everybody's children. No. It's Again, this is parent. big government bullshit. Yeah. So on August 17th, 1985, the RIAA decided it would work with the PMRC to develop explicit content stickers for albums. But the move was too late. Because of the unfathomable... <laughs> I can never say this word. Unfathomable. Unfathomable. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Number of letters and phone calls the politicians were getting about the issue, Missouri Senator John C. Danforth announced that the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation would hold a hearing on the record labeling. Why that committee? I don't don't know. Okay. But I guess because (laughs) it was full of Republicans, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Why not? On September 19th, 1985, at 9.30 a.m., the hearing began. Uh-huh. The committee overseeing the hearings consisted of 16 senators, most of whom were conservative Republicans, that would hear arguments from both sides, pro-labeling and anti-labeling. The hearing began with remarks from committee senators, including Senator Fritz Hollings, 
who literally looks and sounds like the actual love child of Colonel Sanders and Foghorn Leghorn. Stop it. I'm not even kidding. You can find these VMRC hearings on YouTube. Just find the guy with the white hair. There is literally one point I was watching. I think he was on the he was um on the video with Frank Zappa. And at one point he goes, I'll say. And I was like, no. I'll say, I'll say, I'll, I'll say. say, I'll say. It's like he's Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, oh my, my fucking God. God. And he looks like Colonel Sanders. That's so fucked, but I also <laughs> love it. But anyway, yeah. Senator Foghorn Sanders here <laughs> said that rock music is outrageous filth. And Senator Paul Tribble basically claimed rock music pushes troubled children to violence. Okay. Sure. Yep. I guess. You feel good saying that. I guess guess we know where you stand, you fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. The committee heard statements from Tipper Gore and Susan Baker, and Jeff Lang was on standby with his good old slideshow. All right, so on this slide, we have a side boob. And uh, (laughs) it's my side boob. (laughs) Side boobs can notoriously throw young men into a hormonal rage and we need to protect them from these side boobs because they can't go through puberty ever how dare they the next slide here (laughs) we see the word virgin now some of your children might ask what this means and then you're going to have to have an uncomfortable conversation but instead of that conversation you can just get real angry and blame a musician and for start it. a committee that goes in front of the senate and you know did i just bring this full circle <laughs> also i don't know that accent started as like weird old man and definitely turned midwestern yeah. but i'm here for it this is me and my wife on our vacation to florida just thought i'd put that in there look just how happy we look. look at how happy now she's with ted but we don't <laughs> talk about ted <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love actually I love this slide. I love this backstory for Jeff Lang. <laughs> it's not Jeff's backstory, but it is now. Yeah, it is now. Susan Baker once again tried to say that quote, music isn't the way it was in the old days by comparing Cole Porter's Let's Do It to Wasp's F U C K Leg Beast, which you can't compare them. They are incomparable. They're different genres. Completely different genres, different eras, different generations. Completely different in every way. Okay, Susan. Okay, Susan. (laughs) Sure thing, Susan. (laughs) Why don't you sit down? And you know, I get that comparison, but just because one is less subtle about the intention of the song doesn't make it less influential. Additionally, people that make this argument often cite quote-unquote good musicians that end up being raging sexual assaulters like drug and drug addicts like Elvis and Frank Sinatra. They're yeah. not good just because they were subtle about their intentions in songs and sometimes not even that subtle because no. I'm pretty sure Frank Sinatra sang a lot about like sexual assault and shit. So like... He definitely sang about slapping a woman, I think. Right? So... You can't say that things were different back when Elvis was around because they censored Elvis, too. I was going to say, 
it's also real cute that you bring up these artists that you really liked when you were a kid, but I bet your parents hated them too, didn't they? Your parents thought they were blasphemous too because Elvis shook his hips a little bit. And Smokey Robinson even insinuated that sex existed. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, they hated songs about holding hands. And how many people did Mike Love fuck? So Willingly and unwillingly. I mean, his name is Mike Love. Mm. Ugh. But he sure didn't make love. No, he didn't. I'm just saying, it's funny how you're very hypocritical. It's it's, it's weird hilarious. how boomers are incredibly hypocritical. It's fucking hilarious how hypocritical they are. She then goes on to say messages that glorify obscenities are aimed at children, which they aren't, and says musicians like Ozzy Osbourne and ACDC encourage teen suicide, which they don't. And we've covered in previous episodes. She even cited Ozzy's song Suicide Solution. Oh, God. Which we talked about in our Jeremy episode. Mm -hmm. But that song is actually anti-alcohol, anti-suicide. Yeah. Again, if anyone at this hearing would have looked beyond the title of a song, they would have realized this. And I think at the end of the day, what's really frustrating is they think this song, this music is for kids. This song, none of these artists, you can't fucking look me in the eyes and say, Ozzy Osbourne and Prince and Madonna were thinking about children when they wrote these songs. But you know who probably was thinking about children when he wrote some of his songs? Who? Frank Sinatra? I don't think so. I was going to go with Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah, he was. That's for sure. Um, But also, like... Nobody brought him up in the fucking thing. I'm just saying. (laughs) Like, it's just... I think I just get frustrated because... You can't fucking tell an artist, well, you have to censor yourself because children might hear you. Well, you know what? Like, this is also real fucking life. Right. So in that case, all music would be geared towards children. We would never be able to hear anything more than the fucking Teletubbies or something. I don't know. What do That's kids so, listen to? I don't know. What but is like, kid music? Now the, the kids bop. Kids bop. <laughs> but kids bop is just adult songs sung by children. It's still the same. They still covered fucking lips Flo- of an angel, lips of an angel, and float on by Modest Mouse. Oh, yeah. When the opening lines are about like he got pulled over by a cop car because like, something like that. I don't know because he's Modest Mouse. Why wouldn't you pull him over? That guy. But also like Lil Nas X makes a really good point when shit first blew up about Montero. Mm-hmm. He was like, "It is not my job." to make music for your children and it's not my job to monitor your children that's your job so you cannot come for me for doing my job when my job description does not say anything about think of the children no it It doesn't. doesn't it doesn't like it is your job as your child's parent to monitor what your children are exposed to yeah and if you think little nas x is something they shouldn't be exposed to don't expose them to it. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, generation after generation. It's like even in the 80s and even today, the people who are getting mad at these artists who are just are singing, shitty parents. <laughs> that too. But they're, they're these artists who are expressing themselves and maybe it's explicit, quote unquote, or, you know, quote unquote, offensive, I guess. Yeah. But it's so funny because these people are also the same people who, you know, the first people to be all on that QAnon, like, think of the children, hashtag save the children, uh, little Nas X is trying to get into our children's brains, mm-hmm. are also the same people who will comment on Facebook when somebody says, 
man, how do I control these teenagers? And their comment is, well, if only we could still hit them. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Well, if I, when I was a kid, I got spanked if I did something wrong. It's like, now we but don't, that doesn't make it okay. It's, it's the same people who will say, like, man, if you could just slap your kid a couple times, they'd learn a lesson. Or, oh, man, like, why do they all get participation trophies? Well, it's like, you can't fucking have your cake and eat it too, asshole. You either got to think of the children or you don't, like, think of the children, I guess. It's yeah. not even that, though. It's fucking parent your kids the way you want to parent your kids but you can't fucking stop the world because you don't know how to be a parent right maybe you shouldn't have fucking had kids if i could fucking give you the fucking filthy 15 of humans that shouldn't have had kids (laughs) i would i mean why stop at 15 yeah i would have made it like at least 50 but like this whole thing is just it kind of just outs everyone that's involved in the pmrc as kind of shitty parents who feel like society needs to raise their kids instead of them yeah and that's that is such bullshit i can't even i can't i can't even (laughs) tipper then pled the pmrc's case which was that all they wanted was a simple warning label that says it's inappropriate for children can you do my job for me i don't want to do it she also argued (laughs) you do it (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect Uh. She also argued that the PMRC does not want to censor anyone and that these labels are not meant to be censorship, but they are. Yeah. It also involves no government action. She, a senator's wife, says as she sits in a congressional hearing in front of a group of high-powered senators. I hate it. I hate it. I hate all of this. (laughs) Jeff Ling also made statements in front of the committee and he came with his visual aids. So here we have. This is um, my wife and Ted. They went to Florida too. I was really upset about it. Here we have the cover of uh, the Venom album. It's a little offensive, don't you think? Not as offensive as pictures of my wife with Ted. Don't ask me how I got these. <laughs> He held up a photo of Steve Boucher, the teen who committed suicide while listening to Shoot to Thrill by ACDC. He then made the baseless claim that many of the 6,000 plus teens that committed suicide in 1985 were encouraged to do so by rock stars. He then showed the committee a series of album covers depicting explicit sex, drug use, occult imagery, violence, and all that. Basically trying to scare them into thinking that this was all very real, very influential on children, and very much a threat to society. He then read lyrics from a band called The Mentors, who were very clearly a shock rock band, almost jokey metal band. I've never heard of them, so okay. Exactly. (laughs) That purposely wrote outrageously profane lyrics to shock people. He read from a song called Golden Showers and to see <laughs> oh, gross. to see this uptight. Okay, first of all, Golden Showers, I read the lyrics. They rhymed Golden Showers with shit towers and frankly, <laughs> I love them for it. I'm here for it. You're I love right. it. All right, I love I'm, it. A, I'm into it. But yeah, to see an uptight 70s suit wearing wet blanket of a man read these lyrics it was a chef's kiss moment. 
That's amazing. And you know, the Mentors were in no way an influential band. Nope. They barely sold 7,500 copies of the album Golden Showers appeared on. Celine clearly picked this song to read for maximum pearl clutchery. Also because Republicans are secretly just fucking perverts. Absolutely. Fight me. They're really into Bukaki. Every single one of them had a boner. Had a little chub when this guy was reading the lyrics. I love golden shower. I mean, this is offensive. I would climb your shit towers. No, I mean, this is wrong. I have to repress myself. I say, I say, I need to repress myself. (laughs) I gotta fuck these people. The committee had the opportunity to question the PMRC representatives, but it seemed like most of them were in agreement with them anyway. Only one senator, J. James Exxon from Nebraska, questioned the hearing's intent. He stated that although he considers explicit content in music a concern, if the PMRC isn't seeking government intervention, then there's no reason for the committee to have these hearings. Which is a good fucking point. But guess what? They still had the fucking hearings. Then the stars of the show arrived. All right. Three musicians, Frank Zappa, Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister, and John Denver. John Denver. Probably the most unlikely trio to ever have on one team. Come on, you know Tipper Gore fucking loves some Johnny D. Oh, absolutely. They played their case. Johnny Colorado. (laughs) My Rocky Mountain baby. Mm. She looks at that cover, she's like, give me some of that Rocky Mountain high. I love that feathered hair. Oh, no. Something feels wrong downstairs. I should go take a shower. (laughs) It's supposed to be dry. (laughs) (laughs) They pled their cases against the PMRC's proposals. And believe me, these were probably the three best, most articulate and compelling people to rally against a perceived injustice. Yeah. First up was Frank Zappa. He makes a lot of good points in his statement and rightfully calls out the collusion between the Home Audio Recording Act and its connections to the PMRC. Nice. Well, he also was just on that the whole time. It's like, I fucking see through all of you bitches. Like the technical shit, the real nitty gritty, like subversive contractual connection and like conspiracy shit. Frank, you bet your ass Frank Zappa is on that. Yeah, that would definitely be the conspiracy guy in that trio. Oh, definitely. He went on to say, quote, bad facts make bad law and people who write bad laws are, in my opinion, more dangerous than songwriters who celebrate sexuality. Yes. Yep. Point for Frank Zappa. Point for Frank. One, on the board. <laughs> one senator, Slade Gordon of Washington, proceeded to berate Frank Zappa, calling him boorish and insulting and all but called him stupid. Um, sir. Which... You can call Frank Zappa a lot of things, but I don't think stupid is one of them. No. Motherfucker's a genius. Yes. And he knows what he's talking about. His testimony very much proved that he knew exactly what this committee and the PMRC were doing and knew exactly what kind of outcome could happen if music started getting labeled and censored. And I think the proof in that was the fact that they tried to call him stupid because that's like the only yeah. comeback when you know you've been got. You're, you're stupid. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> they know they got got. They they got got, for sure. <laughs> like, right off the bat, they got got, and they were pissed. Yeah. He's like, I see you, and they're like, stupid. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Poop mouth. <laughs> Next up for musical chairs with conservative senators Ooh. was John Denver. 
Now he was a very interesting choice to have here. Yeah. You would think that the king of wholesome content would be on the side of the PMRC. In fact, the senators were smiling as John Denver made his way to the podium. So happy were they to soak up the opinions of the placid folk singer who was surely going to be on their side. (gasps) They didn't know? Nay, nay. Denver was batting for the bad guys. Oh my God, I love that they didn't know. They didn't know. (gasps) They're never going to know. They'll never know. Oh my God, that's amazing. The chairman's <laughs> smile quickly faded as John Denver said he was opposed to censorship of any kind, and imposing undue censorship would be akin to Nazi Germany. Yep. He recounted two times when society misinterpreted his music as less than virtuous. Once when people thought his song Rocky Mountain High was about drug abuse. Right. And again when his movie titled Oh God was thought to be blasphemous. Oh, my God. Come on. What assurance have I, he said, that any national panel to review my music would make any better judgment. Bam. Mic drop. Fuck yeah, John. John goddamn Denver, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny Colorado coming in. (laughs) Johnny Colorado coming in hot and fast. I love it. Huh. After he finished reading his testimony, John Denver interrupted the chairman to continue with a personal note. Yes. Which we will listen to right here. That's right. You interrupt this asshole. (laughs) I thank you very much. Mr. Chairman, if I may, excuse me, add a couple of personal words. I'm a father of two children, both adopted. I have a lot of friends in the music business, uh, other rock performers who have children also. And all of them, including myself, we have a great concern for our children. That's, that's why I'm here today. In my experience, sir, all over the world, one of the most interesting things about the music that, li- that young people are listening to is it gives us, as adults, a very clear insight as to what is going on in their minds. We can know what they're thinking by listening to the music that they uh, surround themselves with. The people that I've had the opportunity to talk with, the troubled children, the teenagers who are considering suicide. What they express to me is a real frustration in their lives, an inability to communicate with their parents, an inability to understand or to envision any kind of a possible future because of the nuclear threat that we live under. They don't see things getting better economically. They don't see things getting better for the small businessman, for the small farmer. They do not see a future for themselves. It is my opinion that it is out of this that some young people put a gun into their mouths and pull the trigger. He makes a really good point here. Yeah. They're all here because they are concerned about the well-being of children. Yeah. But isn't it the responsibility of the parents to protect their children? Furthermore, music can be used as a tool for communication. Mm -hmm. If parents recognize that their children are listening to disturbing music, they can use that as insight into what's going on mentally. Right. Hello? If, yeah, God, it's, if you hear your kid listen to something, you can, like, go on in and be like, oh, hey, what's this artist you're listening to? I kind of like it. Tell me what's more about, song them. about What's this song about? Like, you could be sly about it, and you don't have to, even if you don't like it or whatever. Or and even also, just ask why they like it. Yeah. I mean, like, show an interest in what is interesting to your kids, because yeah. then maybe they'll fucking open up to you. Yeah. But if you shut down their favorite music, they're going to look at you as the enemy, you yeah. dumb fucks. Yeah. It's like, 
Nobody knows how to really effectively raise their children. And also what John Denver was saying about how all the fears that kids had in the 80s. Oh, looks like they still got them now. It's weird how the people who were the people who were the kids back in the 80s feeling that way are now parents doing the same shit. Yeah. Weird. Learn from your childhood, everybody. All right. Remember how you felt as a kid. Right. Maybe try to reach out to your kids that way. Again, I get it. I'm not a parent, but like. We're not parents, but we have like, but we do have parental sensibilities just because we are at an age where there is now this generation coming of age that is the same age as our children would be had we had them. So I kind of feel a responsibility in a way. Right. For this younger generation, because they're still going to be going through the same bullshit that adults, when we were kids, were putting on us. Hey, soon enough, we're going to be bad influence ants, all right? I am happy to be that bad influence ant, because a bad influence ant is actually a really good influence ant. Right? You're going to learn from my mistakes, and also, I'll talk to you about titties. (laughs) All right. Want to know what a virgin is? Fine, I'll fucking tell you. Yeah. And then they'll say- I don't give a shit. You know what they'll do? They'll look at you and say, Okay. And walk away. Exactly. And if they say anything to their parents about it and they come after you, you can be like, I'm just doing your job. You're welcome. You're welcome. This way you don't have to go after the fucking music industry. <laughs> your child is going to grow up to be a more well-adjusted adult because I told them what a virgin is. You're welcome. <laughs> now the star of the show arrives. D. Snyder of the band Twisted Sister. God, I fucking And you know what? It. Can I just say, mm-hmm. D. Snyder is my goddamn hero. Yeah. I everybody makes fun of Twisted Sister for being campy and stupid and ridiculous. I don't even give a shit. First of all, they're actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Second of all, D Snyder is everything that I wished I had in a father. Yeah. Everything I wished I had in a friend, period. Oh. I just want to be friends with D Snyder because he's fucking kick-ass. Same. His opinions are so aligned with mine even though we are completely different generations. Yeah. God bless this man. And for what it's worth, I don't think Twisted Sister ever thought, like, like they knew. They knew what they were. Absolutely. They knew, like, they're like a fun, campy metal band. They knew they was into Glitter. They knew. They knew they was into Glitter. They were born into Glitter. (laughs) So anyway, D. Snyder arrives. He is everything the PMRC is against. Yeah. Literally, because Twisted Sister's song, We're Not Gonna Take It, is on their Filthy 15 list. Correct. I don't even understand what's wrong with that song anyway. The message is actually uplifting and about being self-assured. But that they don't want that. God, no. You don't want your kid being self-assured. Is it the music video? Because the only violence I see is a piece of shit abusive dad getting thrown out a window, which he rightfully deserves. Yeah. Go watch the video. You will agree with me. I agree. I do agree already. (laughs) Already. I don't even need. I don't don't need it. So Dee Snyder saunters into the hearing room, all hair and ripped denim. That's great. And he fucking nails it. He knew the facts. He knew the players. Even though he was a little bit nervous, he knew exactly what to say to make an impact. Yes. He was also directly targeted by the PMRC, so he had some choice words for the organization. Mm -hmm. He started off by saying, I'm 30 years old. I'm married. I have a three-year-old son. I was born and raised a Christian, and I still adhere to those principles. 
Believe it or not, I do not smoke, I do not drink, and I do not do drugs. He then addressed the PMRC's accusation that the Twisted Sister song Under the Blade detailed instances of sadomasochism, bondage, and rape. In actuality, the song is about the guitarist's fear of surgery. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right? D. Snyder then said the only sadomasochism, bondage, and rape in this song is in the mind of Miss Gore. Mic drop. Mic drop. Yeah. Fight him. He then moved on to We're Not Gonna Take It, saying exactly what we just said earlier, adding that you can't hold a song responsible for what a video depicts. Dee then brought up a third accusation that a a Twisted Sister t-shirt depicts a handcuffed woman who is spread eagle. Dee insisted that the shirt does not and has never existed and challenged her to produce the shirt. Did she? No. Weird. And later... Um, when he was done giving his testimony and he was questioned, Al Gore was like, well, this T-shirt, I mean, it does exist. And he's like, no, tell me, tell me where it exists. Produce it for me, please. I have tape that that literally I have tape with me of Tipper Gore saying on a talk show that this T-shirt exists. So please challenge me. And Al Gore's just like, no, it's moving on to another question. D. Snyder's like, wish a motherfucker would. <laughs> Fuck around and find out, Al. Seriously. Why don't you, like, throw me in a system of tubes and we'll find out. <laughs> what? The internet. Oh. <laughs> or it's a series of tubes. Uh, <laughs> magnets, how do they work? I know you're going to invent it soon. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Al Gore. Oh, my God. <sighs> anyway. He is right about the environment, though. Al Gore, he is right. Yeah, he, he is, is right on that. absolutely right. That I will agree with him and on. And Man Bear Pig. That's it, though. <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> he then reiterated that what John Denver said, it's the parents' responsibility to monitor what their children see and listen to, not the government's. Yes. Also, there is a huge possibility that music can be misinterpreted and therefore mislabeled. And so, quote, Parents can thank the PMRC for reminding them that there is no substitute for parental guidance, but that is where the PMRC's job ends. Yeah. So after his testimony was over, the committee was able to question D, and Al Gore got his shot. And he's really gunning for D because D was the only one that specifically targeted Tipper in his speech. He argued with him about the semantics of Tipper's statements about Twisted Sister, Mm -hmm. then kind of goes on a rant about how parents shouldn't have to listen to an entire album in order to deem it safe for their children to listen. Dude, an average album is somewhere between the realm of 45 to 50 minutes. If you can't do an hour for your kids? Yeah. Quote, unquote? Yeah. Maybe you should not have had kids. Maybe. Pretty much every parent I've seen that I know, pretty much 80% of your life is for that kid now. Yeah. So I think a part of that 80 can be when they go to bed, you listen to the album just to make sure they can listen Music to it. Music is a constant thing. Like, if your kid is going to get an album... It's just going to be another part of parenting that you have to deal with. And you know what? Fucking expand your horizons. One of my biggest fears is being one of those people who gets stuck in my musical style and never expanding from it. So I do try to listen to new music. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine having a kid right now and like being worried about what they were listening to because I would like to also be into their music too. Mm -hmm. Just because I want 
I don't want to get stuck in a rut. I don't want to be yeah. fucking Tipper and Al Gore where I only listen to, I don't know, shaking down the acorns. And like, <laughs> my kids are super into Cindy Lauper. And I'm like, I don't like this because I love Cindy Lauper. Right. But related to that, when I was a preteen and like an adolescent, most of the music I listened to was the music my parents listened to. Yeah. So I was listening to what they were listening to. They already knew what I was listening to. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I was a teen and got that sweet BM or BMG and Columbia yeah. House deal that I started getting my own music right. for me. That is what I wanted to listen to. But still, I was listening to like fucking Mariah Carey yeah. for fuck's sake. And like moms love Mariah Carey. Moms love Mariah Carey. <laughs> After Al concluded his questioning, Senator Jay Rockefeller got his opportunity because the name itself just screams pinnacle of progressive era, right? Jay Rockefeller? I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) Frankly, I think Dean knocked it out of the park answering his questions. So let's listen to that. Do you think that that, uh, parents, not only those who are in PMRC, but other parents who are concerned... Um, here and across the country about the development of new trends in music and the lyrics that go along with that music are naive or or, um, uh, somehow missing the point? Do you think that they're unduly worried about uh, some of these developments and writings about sadomasochism, suicide, rape, other things? I mean, do you think that's well, I have really to, not that serious a problem for this country and our young people. That's like sort of a multiple question. I don't think they're naive, and I don't think that at times they're unduly worried, but I do think sometimes they take it overly serious. I mean, there are monster movies on all the time. They've been going on for ages, and people watch a monster movie, and they get scared, and they walk away, and it was just a movie. Rock and roll, in many times, is the same thing. Trying to get an effect either of laughter, of sadness. A lot of the heavy metal bands are trying to scare people and just make them just like a horror movie. Vincent Price isn't getting uh, have problems because he's done all these monster pictures. He's just an actor. I'm not going to say I'm just an actor, but I am entertaining people, and a lot of these bands are entertaining people. And when they were reading some of these lyrics before, I couldn't help but laugh. I mean, I hadn't heard some of them, but some of the lyrics were ridiculously ridiculous. I mean, you know, and, and a kid, even a kid reading that, I think, would go, oh my God, what's going on? You know, it's ridic- ridiculous. It's the only word I can think of. Some of the lyrics. The vehemence with which you attacked um, uh, Senator Gore's wife, I detected sort of a defensiveness some, somehow on your part, uh, sort of a lack of unsureness of where you uh, stand in this. Why would, Why did you feel it necessary to attribute uh, some of the qualities to her that you did? Why, why was that important to your testimony? First of all, I wasn't attacking Senator Gore's wife. I was attacking a member of the PMRC. Okay, I was two... Senator Gore's wife by name. Oh, her name is Tipper Gore, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, I didn't say the senator's wife. I said Tipper Gore. Okay. Secondly, defensive. I've been working very hard. I believe in the music I play. I believe we have a very bad reputation. I've been doing a lot on my part to try and say, hey, this isn't a bad thing. This is fun. This is fantasy. Kids are coming out. They're screaming. They're yelling. They're letting out their emotions. And they're going home. And they're feeling better because they let out a lot of their frustrations. But that hair. That hair, though. Oh, my God. That beautiful. D. Snyder has always had 
a chef's kiss of oh, a head God, of hair. It's beautiful. Yeah. Gorgeous. I mean, I know that's not what I was supposed to get out of that, but. But you can't help can't but look help at it. it. But he, he brings up so many valid points yes. in that. Yes. Okay. So even though his quote unquote enemy is Tipper Gore, he still addresses her by her name. Whereas this crusty old senator can't even do that. Right. Also, Dee makes a good point. It isn't unreasonable to ask that parents listen to every record their kid buys. If they're going to be like that. Yeah. These guys are acting like kids are showered with albums on a daily basis and parents won't be able to keep up. (laughs) Right. In 1985 reality, a regular kid would have access to maybe one album a week. If their allowance was that good. If their allowance was quite fucking nice, which mine was not. That is not a lot of time a parent needs to take out of their daily lives to listen to an album. No, not at all. The hearing wrapped up later that day, but the PMRC and RIAA continued negotiations. On November 1st, 1985, they announced they had reached an agreement. They decided on a warning sticker that said parental advisory explicit lyrics that would be affixed to any record that was deemed explicit by the record companies. Okay. Fine. <laughs> but Rose, what, okay. Yeah. But what this agreement failed to do was provide any sort of guidance to rec- record companies on what they should and shouldn't deem explicit. Unlike the MPAA's movie rating system, which has a strict set of guidelines in place when assessing whether a movie should be PG, PG-13, or R, there was no one telling the record companies how to assess music. Right. Immediately after the agreement was announced, states started introducing their own related legislation. San An- <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. San Antonio, Texas restricted concerts by warning stickered artists and people under 14 years old were restricted from live shows unless accompanied by a parent. Oh, my God. And warning labels had to be present on promotional items. I'm, I can't. Fucking stupid. I fucking can't with this. It's like everyone was watching this and as soon as like nothing really happened, they were like, but we have to do something. <laughs> think of the children. But think of the children. Within a year, a handful of states jumped on the legislation bandwagon with Maryland being one of the strictest. Interesting. A bill introduced in the state wanted to restrict explicit music even further by forcing retails, retailers to put explicit materials in a completely separate section of their stores. Oh, my God. People would have to show proof of adulthood before they could buy a labeled item. Oh, my gosh. Stop it. The bill eventually failed. However, that didn't stop state state congresswoman judith toth from repeatedly introducing it okay susan i know what you said her name was but she's a susan now okay judy (laughs) whatever because of all the legislative confusion surrounding the warning sticker it took five years for it to actually start appearing on anything oh by then rap took the music world by storm and conservatives had something else to get upset over right So pressure was put on the RIAA to get something done, and finally, in March 1990, they debuted the official parental advisory warning label. Okay. The only policy guideline the RIAA released was this. RIAA member recording companies will identify future releases of their recordings with lyric content relating to explicit sex, explicit violence, 
or explicit substance abuse. Some artists took it upon themselves to make their own explicit lyric labels. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Ice-T, on his album Freedom of Speech, wrote on his own label, Ice-T, X-rated, parents strongly cautioned, some material may be extra hype and inappropriate for squares and suckers. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Dead Kennedys, for their Frankenchrist album, wrote, Warning, the inside fold-out to this record cover is a work of art by H.R. Geiger, with some people, which some people may find shocking, repulsive, and offensive. Life can be that way sometimes. <sighs> but it do. But it sometimes it do. <laughs> Consequently, major retail chains like Walmart, Kmart, and Target refuse to sell anything with the warning label on yep. it. Yep, yep. Record companies persuaded their artists to create quote-unquote clean versions of their albums so they could be sold in all stores. Right. Despite the fact that to this day, Walmart still sells guns, ammo, cigarettes, alcohol, and R-rated movies, Mm -hmm. they force musicians to alter their cover art and song titles so that they wouldn't be objectionable. Mm, I fucking hate Walmart. I mean, I hate them for a bajillion reasons, but this is definitely one of them. This is just a drop in the bucket of reasons. Don't shop at Walmart. Just don't. Just don't do it. One instance, of course, was Nirvana's album In Utero, which we talked about talked about we talked about we talked about it in our in utero episode where the retail giant made the band change the song rape me to waif me (laughs) and and removed all depictions of fetuses from the back cover waif me waif me oh my god i forgot about that episode that was a good episode it was it was fun In only six months, the PMRC accomplished exactly what they set out to do. Even though the Washington... Ruin everything for everyone and not have any fun. And just further the stupid conservative agenda that this country seems to fucking love and jizz themselves over. Because that's the only acceptable jizz. Is conservative jizz? Yeah. So Ben Shapiro is allowed to come. I mean, just don't tell anybody about it. Back to Arrakis. (laughs) 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 even though the washington wives held no official political seats they managed to change policy and push forward their own agenda they also managed to change the minds of adults in america before all this crap happened only 22 percent of of adults thought that music should be censored oh god by 1991 that rose to 53 percent come on thanks tipper Thanks, Susan. <laughs> oh, Rose, okay. Rose, Susan. Okay, Susan. It also goes to show you that Democrats are just as conservative as Republicans, which brings me to my next question. Oh. Now, hear me out. I'm hearing. Gun rights people always make the argument that if you implement gun laws, then you're making law abiding citizens into criminals. Okay. While all of these musicians are exercising their First Amendment rights, which these gun loons are always going on about as well. Yes. So why is it okay for conservatives to censor what they don't like? But as soon as anyone comes for their racist hate speech, they scream about their rights being violated. Um, Because they're white and they have privilege. And <laughs> because we still live 
in a country where America is very young and fledgling and dumb. And we are still 100% Puritan. We are Puritanical. We are founded on Puritanical issues. Yes. And... And despite what people want to say, we were not founded on religious freedom. No. We were founded on Puritan freedom. And whether you like it or not, those sensibilities are what are the foundation of... Are the foundation of... Our country. Catholics were just mad because Protestants got divorced. Yeah. That was like That's kind of why like they came here. The beginning and the end of it, guys. Yeah. Here we are. And then, you know, witch trials and then, you know, all the other bold racism, slavery, oh, the Great Depression, all the endless wars we're in, all the recessions we've had, censoring music. But hey. You know what? The only thing that's going to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Also, pew, cops pew, pew, should be pew, allowed pew. to murder every, anyone with any with any with impunity. Reason. Impunity. Thank mm, you. Mm, mm. Yeah. Pew pew pew. In pew pew punity. <laughs> that's the name of the episode. In pew pew punity. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> There's. Uh, Here's the thing. There's so many things that are great and like we should be grateful for. And, Absolutely. Like, I mean, we are living embodiments of privilege. We right are. Now. No. We are absolutely white women that are doing pretty fucking good. Yes. Like I like my life. I enjoy things, but I want things to be good for everyone. But I am not about to sit here and be like, well, my life is good. So whatever. And that's the fucking problem. Exactly. It's too Stop. many people like us are doing that. Stop stopping at, well, my life is good, so this is fine. No. Look at your neighborhood. Look at the people around you. If you see somebody who is less fortunate, help them. Like, find, like, I'm not saying personally, but find a way to help people. Be open-minded and, like, fucking stop thinking that other people need to be a parent for you. Be your own fucking right. parent. Right. Stop telling everybody but what about the children and focus on your own fucking children yeah. and what you need to do to raise them the way that you want to stop spreading your fucking hashtag save the children but don't actually read up on the actual quote-unquote the reasons behind human this. trafficking yeah. statistics or you know or even how these save the, the hashtag save the children thing got started yeah or even just like who cares if Lil Nas X is gay and he wants to give Satan a lap dance? Who Let cares? Him. How does it affect you? It, it doesn't. doesn't. So as of now, the PMRC still exists. Oh. However, Tipper Gore severed ties with it in 1993. Oh. And then she put her book out in 1997. So like she didn't abandon her her delicate sensibilities completely. Tipper. Stop it. Yeah. Tipper. <laughs> These days, the parental warning label is pretty useless. Oh, yeah. With the advent of the internet and the rise and reign of social media, children are exposed to so many crazy things on a daily basis. Words like fuck and cocksucker and much worse are part of regular teenager vocabulary. Yeah. But there will still be conservative warriors denouncing ex explicit content, including those who gave us one-star reviews. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we swear a lot. Sorry, I forgot to yeah. tell you at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about your delicate sensibilities. Here's a pair of pearls we can send you to clutch. Yeah. But all of that said, all of that ranting aside, 
if Nikki would have just stopped masturbating, we wouldn't have had to deal with any of this shit. <laughs> God damn it, Nikki. Did you have to masturbate in the hotel lobby? Ser- the hotel lobby. And with a magazine? Come Nobody on. else can read that magazine I don't magazine even care now. what you were doing with the magazine. Like, Well, I mean, I hope you didn't leave the magazine in the lobby for someone else to read. You take it with read. you. you take, that's your magazine now. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> Nikki! <laughs> But also, more of the story is fucking darling Nikki slaps. Yeah. So, like, shut up. Honestly, and in, in everybody has said it, I feel like, when a parental advisory is on it, that's when you know it's good. Exactly. And that was the other point that everybody was making and some people made in their testimonies. Like, you're just slapping people want it more. Slapping a parental advisory sticker on something makes it more enticing oh yeah because like if i saw a parental advisory warning i would be like but i want to know what's on it yes so like i do not do remember that you're not doing anything really but drumming up interest from the children you're trying to protect from this yeah so these labels were not for the children these labels were for the parents and for the adults so Nobody here was actually thinking about the children. They were just thinking about the parents and what the parents wanted. Weird. No way. And saving time for the parents th- to be parents. Like, just be a fucking parent. Do your fucking job. You know you what? You decided to have children. You have to deal with this. I do my job. I go to my work every day, do my job, and I come home, and I do this job. And, and none of you asked for it, but here it is. <laughs> but also, we do this job, and we're not sitting here trying to market our, our podcast to children because we know that it's oh, no. not no. for children. If your kid is that listening is why, to this, I don't know. <laughs> that is why when you go onto Spotify or Google Podcasts or something, you see that little E yeah. next to our episodes. That means it's explicit. It's not for children. But it's interesting, though, because if you go on Spotify or whatever... There's no E next to artists. Right. So you can't monitor what your kids listen to anymore. Right. We have unless to. Unless you listen to it with them. We, I think we have to say that it, our, it goes episode by episode if it's explicit or not. Guess what? It is. <laughs> it's always explicit. You should, expect, you should expect that by now. But also in our description, we say we're two drunk ladies talking about music. So yeah. like if you just simply read the description as a parent, you should know, ah, not for my also, kids. Also, like, you know what? You don't even have to do a fucking listen to an album anymore. You could do, like, a YouTube search for an artist and you look up a video. Or you could look up... There's probably some YouTuber or TikToker who will talk about this artist. And you could get, like, a nice little three to five minute blurb about them. Yeah. And then you find out all you need to know. It took you five minutes. But even in 1985, you wouldn't have even have had to listen to an entire album you to... You could fucking Wikipedia under- it. It, well, now, in ni- and now, now you can, but in 1985, you wouldn't have to listen to the entire thing because guaranteed within the first handful of songs, you would have figured out, not the album I want my kids to listen to. Or you could look at the track names and be like, mm, this sounds like it could be weird. Right. Or if there's lyrics, a, a lyric sheet in there, read the lyrics. Yeah. Like, they didn't have to listen to all of Purple Rain to understand that it's not... It's not an album that she should be listening to. But they should have because it's a perfect album. It is. It is a perfect so quite goddamn frankly, album. If you are not listening to Purple Rain, you're really doing yourself a disservice. You're doing everybody in your family a disservice. And you know what? I get it. Darling Nikki, 
Maybe a little. But I bet your kid didn't know what masturbating with a magazine even meant. Probably. Like, I watched... How many times did I watch Dirty Dancing when I was a kid? Because it was my mother's favorite movie. Yeah. And there was abortion in it. There was sex in it. I didn't even know until I was an adult that they referenced abortion. Yo, I was 11 when I saw Silence of the Lambs with my mom. Right. So, like... And then I distinctly remember... Is that a boy or is that a girl to the Buffalo Bill scene? Right. So, yeah. You know what? I think I'm okay. I think for the most part. You know what really fucked all of us up? It wasn't Silence of the Lambs. It wasn't Dirty Dancing. It wasn't fucking Twisted Sister or whatever. It was that scene in The NeverEnding Story when Artax died. That's what fucked us all up. Stop. So t- Honestly, and that was a fucking kids movie. Our kids movies were way more fucked up. So than much any more adult fucked up. Movies. And you know what? I guess we're okay. <laughs> also, you know what fucked us up? Crippling student debt and not having a decent job and having to find jobs during the re- 2008 recession. Also, not having health insurance. But I mean, the music. Also, though. the crushing economical debt from the Reagan era, and it's you know. It's rippling effects. And that don't worry, all like, us. the things that you tell your children don't stick with you forever. Like, if your mother Never. tells you you're going to grow up to be Monica Lewinsky because you owned a thong. Yeah. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> See, so many other things to be concerned about, like your shitty parenting. Yeah. But you know what? Corn got me through yeah. freshman year of high school. <laughs> you know what? I do want to break some shit tonight. <laughs> you know what? And every night. Limp Biscuit, they understood me. Give me something to break. Wow. All right. Let's bring this shit up. We have ranted and raved enough. (laughs) If you have stuck by us through this whole episode, thank you so much. We were drunk. We were silly. We were angry. We ran the gamut of emotions, I feel like, tonight. Little Tippy Gore had a lot on her mind, I guess. Yeah. And you know what? So did we. So did we. Oh, Tipper. Oh, Susan. Rosé okay, Susan. (laughs) Rosé okay. Yeah. So yeah, if you were down with this and you haven't listened to us before, there is other episodes of us. A lot of them. Yeah, you can find them at our website, rockcandypodcast.com. I promise we don't yell as much. Yeah, this was a very yelly one. Last one wasn't as yelly. Yeah. So, you know, if you want it less yelly, you can find some other episodes. (laughs) And uh, download us on anything, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your little potties at. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Little potties. Little potties. (laughs) Also follow us on social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Rock Candy Podcast. And, uh, you know, we post things sometimes. We're trying to be better about it. Sometimes we try. Yeah. It's hard. Social media is hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm old and tired. Yeah. I work two jobs, guys. Yeah. Anyway. And the podcast. And the podcast. Um, And also, we have a Patreon. If you want to give your hard-earned money to us we would be greatly appreciative yeah and you can do that at patreon.com slash rock candy podcast and you can get some fun shit in return yeah. you got some bonus episodes you got some swag 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 some stickers some pins some coasters some you know maybe shit. i'll just start getting drunk and send out random messages to patrons and be like hey do it hey i'm drunk what's up guys hey. bye They'll just get emails and be like, oh, God, Maggie's drunk again. Thanks for your money. Love you guys. Bye. (laughs) Okay, Susan. Okay, Susan. (laughs) They'll be like, oh, God, she's Susaning again, isn't she? She's calling me Susan. She's off the deep end. Don't respond. Just ignore her. Just ignore it. (laughs) 
Ugh, just ignore. She'll go away. <laughs> I never go away. Oh, thank you guys again so much. We appreciate you and love you. Get ready for another wacky, very um, social conscious episode next week, actually. I'm very excited. I'm terrified. <laughs> no, we'll get is, through it. We'll do it together. This is a big in for me, and it's 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 a hard subject to attack, so we're, hopefully I do We're it talking about a whole genre. Yeah, it's going to be a lot, but hopefully yes. you guys are into it. But until then, party on Ashley. Party on Maggie. And party on your crazy kids out there. Ow, nigga. Nigga. <laughs> Masturbating with a magazine. Well, I don't want to touch that anymore. Ew. Ooh. That was Better Homes and Gardens. Come on. <laughs>